Welcome to Her Fantasy Football. I'm your host, Courtney Kirby. I'm here with my sisters, Ashley Williams and Brandon Marianne Lee. And sadly, after five amazing years, we have to say that we are decided to move on from Her Fantasy Football. We started this as three sisters wanting to do just a weekly podcast, and we were able to accomplish so much more. The best part of this journey has been building such strong relationships with all of you. It has been one of my greatest honors and pleasures of our lives to be part of this amazing community. And while we may not continue with our weekly podcast, we still plan on playing this wonderful game we love. Thank you for your support throughout the years. And we take our leave tonight with our farewell show. That will give you some tips for the 2018, as well as looking back at some of our favorite memories of doing her fantasy football show. So ladies, tear, tear. Let's get into this show. What have you learned while doing the Her Fantasy Football show, both in producing a show and playing fantasy football? Brandon? Well, I mean, we Googled, you know, how to podcast and how to build a website. So, I mean, I guess the real question is like, what did we not learn? I mean, it was kind of, mm-hmm. <laughs> of crazy from the get go. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that maybe I've, like become a gentler person with media people and personalities because I know that even though we're like, you know, I'm like a nobody really, but I mean, you know, having any sort of persona whatsoever out there can be very daunting and, um, you know, it can be really bad uh, and weird and, and then it can be creepy. You know, it could get someone sleep slipping into your DMs, a little dick pic style. Like it happens every once in a while. <laughs> and then it could be great. You know, we had a listener who sent a, I remember a gift basket a couple years ago and uh, we get nice things and people ask us to go places and that's really fun too. So it's kind of all over the map. Um, you know, I learned that doing a podcast or website is a lot harder and more time consuming and like there's a lot that goes into it. So uh, that was something else I learned. Um, and then I learned a lot about fantasy football for sure. Um, but then I also learned with all those talking points and the stats and everything else, kind of what we always thought is that it still is about common sense and being pragmatic and looking at uh, just kind of the really simple stuff. Like we kept getting questions about whether or not to start Derrick Henry or D on Lewis at the end of the season last year. And it was like, Derrick Henry's never on the football field. What are you doing? So, uh, you know, it's kind of nice to know that you can still go back to the basics. That's right. What about for you, Ashley? Well, first of all, so true. I feel like I give everyone in the media a benefit of the doubt in a way I didn't prior to us doing this show. In terms of like, oh, I'm sure their words were taken out of context. Or um, I wonder if they even actually said that. So... (laughs) <laughs> I give them that benefit of the doubt in a way that I had it prior to this show, just due to some of our earlier experiences. Um, but I have learned that hotel Wi-Fi is really, really bad. Uh, as much fun as where in the world is Ashley with the different rotating hotels, that Wi-Fi situation <laughs> was a challenge. Um, I have learned that SEO tips in WordPress are not helpful. And it is impossible to make the WordPress SEO gods happy when loading a show in terms of, uh, happy SEO words for each show. Uh, I've learned that Twitter can be a very rewarding place and a very um, hateful place at times. People legitimately wish death upon you over my new things, which is crazy that you're like, I can't believe I just got a DM telling me I should kill myself. 
Keenan Allen. So interesting. But then I've also learned that while you may get a hater or two, there are so many more wonderful, good people out there who are encouraging, welcoming, and receptive, uh, which made the fantasy community a really wonderful community to be part of. Um, so I would say it was always much more uh, good than bad. Um, but it definitely, yeah, it made me, you know, I'm a little bit more benefit of the doubt with people in the media, for sure. For sure now. I did not learn that lesson. No? No. <laughs> no. You're still a personality and I get to judge you because you chose to be a personality and people get to judge me because I chose to be a personality. <laughs> you know, I think that's kind of fun part of it. But what I did learn in general, I don't like social media as in like writing and like being responsible of like having to post now i love interacting on game day like that's my favorite like helping pick and talk about plays and injuries and what you know like what the heck is going on why you know hasn't this person been thrown to all game but the whole like oof, constant every day oof. it's like thank god i never covered baseball because that would have been that would have put me over the edge i would have been done after year one of her fantasy baseball Sure. Um, but what I learned with the football doing fantasy is actually I was able to play on a dynasty league for the first time. I'd never done dynasty before. And although I'm not gonna be on the dynasty league this year because it's with Sirius XM and we're no longer doing her fantasy football, I'm thinking about starting my own dynasty league because I really liked the concept. I really enjoyed it. It was a different way of thinking about the draft, which is so important. I love how the mm -hmm. off season's really important. So it keeps you engaged all year long. Um, the draft, obviously, the NFL draft is like big and in Dynasty. And so I liked that part, keeping myself really invested with, with every step of football throughout the whole year. So um, that definitely was something that I've enjoyed and learned from doing the show. And Brandon, I think you have something to say for our last sponsor. Dun, 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 dun. Yes, for our last show that we want to give uh, our definite props here to HelloFresh. For $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, visit HelloFresh.com slash HerFFB30. And, and you can enter the promo code HerFFB30. Now, there is something for everyone with HelloFresh's selections. You can choose from three plans, classic, veggie, and family. Rediscover the excitement of cooking. Feel confident when cooking HelloFresh with the simple recipes outlined on pictured step-by-step -step instruction cards. HelloFresh believes cooking should be simple and convenient. It gets delivered right to your door in recyclable, insulated packaging. There are many benefits to subscribing, so you can keep enjoying HelloFresh week after week. Spend less time meal planning and grocery shopping each each week and get that time back to do more of what you love. Now, uh, last week I was in Minneapolis at the uh, FSTA Fantasy Sports Trade Association Conference and I went to Matt's Bar, which uh, they believe that they are the uh, originators of the Juicy Lucy, which is basically a hamburger with cheese in the middle. And one of my favorite things that I made at HelloFresh uh, uh, during their time as our sponsor was the Juicy Lucy burger here. Oh, and nice. by the way, it's better is better than Matt's bar. I'm sorry, Matt's bar, but it's true <laughs> and it's healthier and it comes with a little salad. Uh, and again, all these, if you're on YouTube, you can see this, all these little cute step-by-steps. So now I sometimes make a juicy Lucy. You just put the cheese in the middle instead of on top. You guys, it's genius. It is genius. So again, for $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, visit HelloFresh.com slash HerFFB30 and enter HerFFB30. 
Nice. Thank you. Hello, Fresh. Let's get back to what our favorite part of the show was, shall we? Ashley, what was your favorite part of doing the Her Fantasy Football Show week in and week out during the season? Well, it's definitely getting to go on this journey with, with you two, with my sisters. I always loved the surprise when people realized that we were actually sisters. Like, I think they just, you know... <laughs> would think we would just say it. It's like, no, no, we, we like literally same mother and father, sisters. Yeah. Um, I loved talking for two hours prior to the show on what we were up to that last week, which led to our husbands having to sit in silence for five hours instead of two hours, which I'm sure they did not love. But it was always Or sorry to funny. our listeners who actually watched us live yeah. on YouTube <laughs> I know. and had to wait, wait up till wait 1 a.m. hours. Like, when are they going to start the show? show? Yeah, so true. Um, I love the natural rapport and roles that we had by nature of having grown up together. So I also love that our different personalities would lead to dislike of very different players for very different reasons <laughs> at times. And it was also funny that we each knew each other's styles so well that we could go for the jugular on draft day and our family draft because we knew exactly who the other two would or would absolutely not draft. Like I could sit there and be like, oh, well, Brandon's going to grab so-and-so this round. So if I want him, I got to grab him or she's going to get in the next round. I know exactly who Courtney's going to take. It did work in reverse, though, that people would know who you wouldn't take, and that wasn't quite as fun, especially when you're on this show and, like, your husband listens and he knows exactly what you're going to do, and you're like, really? Really? Mm -hmm. uh, but that was just really fun. Brandon, what about for you? I think it's the takes. I think it's fun to, to be part of a show that, that – doesn't really uh, digest as much fantasy football content as a lot of other people. So we don't um, internalize it either, right? So all of a sudden we'd find out, like I think my favorite thing was Ashley deciding that Joe Mixon needed to be like the 70th ranked freaking running back in the preseason. Now, uh, listen, it's the greatest 45th, fight of all time. 45th. 45th. 45th, not 70th. But, but it was the greatest debate of all time because then I would call and I'd be like, I, I hear you. I think he needs to be low, but we can't put Jeremy Hill in the top 20. That was my debate. So we went back and forth on it, but Ashley was the most right on Joe Mixon out of anyone in the industry. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and it, it's just funny because, um, you know, I think that that's what kind of always set our show apart, frankly, is that it, it was its own style. Uh, and it was pretty accurate, actually. Uh, we get numerous messages about our cheat sheet every year, things like that. So um, it's been it's been a lot of fun. And, and it's again, it just keeps reminding me that it really is still common sense and usage and just the, the stuff you already know. But like if you really break it down by teams, it's pretty pretty obvious. Yeah, I, I say my favorite part of the show has definitely been our hater hate we have for certain players. Um, Brandon with Andrew Luck or Eli Manning, Ashley's hate, Adrian Peterson, Russell Wilson, Joe Mixon, Colin Kaepernick, Jay Cutler, <laughs> Keenan Allen, Des Bryant, and the list goes on and on with Ashley, which is my favorite. Kind of does. Kind of does. She hates so everybody. Does. God, I love it. And I love it. And then I hate all tight ends in general. So, like, I just found that that was just like, oh, we knew. We just knew. It's like, oh, no. Ashley's about to cover San Diego again. Oof. Here comes the haters. Here comes the haters. But I liked it. It's Here so come boring. the DMs. It's so boring to be so vanilla and so by the book by everything. You just say it, you know, just because this is what it says to say. Well, it's not, it doesn't always go 
you know, A to Z when you do, you know, fantasy football analysts. So you really have to think of different things. And I, I liked I liked our style. Um, every year we would do our own draft and pick which teams we had to cover that year, which team was your best and worst team to cover. Brandon, I know you have some doozies. Well, you know, you want to, I'm sure you think that I'm going to say that I didn't like covering the Patriots, but actually it was incredibly easy because I don't trust any of their running backs. You always play everybody else. It was right. very easy. The, the easiest write-ups on the planet. And they were always accurate. Never right. So the running backs always start everybody else. Felt great about it. Uh, so I'm just sad I never got to cover the Denver Broncos um, in the five years that we <laughs> did this. I never got the Denver Broncos, which is pretty crazy. Um, but I, I think it probably my least favorite was uh, the Browns last year because Hugh Jackson makes me want to throw myself on a spear. And it's emotionally trying for me every week to have to rant about how terrible he is, specifically to Deshaun Kaiser. That was definitely the craziest. But everything about the Browns was infuriating because Hugh Jackson drives me nuts. That's that's tough. He's in his own little class right there. Yeah, he's all nice. Alone. Yeah. All right, Ashley, what about you? You've had some you've had some strong feelings about some of the teams you covered. I remember one year when you had to cover the Seattle Seahawks and uh, that hurt my soul for you. You know what, though? My feelings warmed to them towards the end. I did. And you actually enough. said you'd like Russell Wilson this year. I, I year. softened. I did. I softened on that. It's rare that nice. I soften on some players, but I did. Um, I always love co covering the Steelers and the Saints. Um, they were just always so much fun to cover just because there's a lot of really talented players on that team. And again, like Brandon said, when you've got some really talented, obvious players, it certainly makes write-up and analysis a lot easier because you just start them, period. And a discussion, <laughs> there's no thought process to them. You start them. Um, Broncos naturally, since they are our home team, and the Jaguars are always interesting. So I thought they were always fun. In terms of teams I didn't enjoy covering, the Niners, which I really didn't have to do. Um, I was really hoping you would get the Niners this year if we did the show. I did get the I think I did. Oh, get the yeah. yeah, I believe so. And it's just tough because, <laughs> because it seems like. I, oh, I think I may have gotten the Broncos this year, too. You did. You did. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a big bummer. It just seemed like a major mismanagement of talent on that team, and it was just really frustrating. And, and I think the Buffalo Bills, for me, similar to what Brandon said, was frustrating because they never seemed to make football decisions. They made fan-based decisions. And I found that really irritating. And I found it, like, personally upsetting when you have a situation of a head coach and a quarterback for, say, how Tara Taylor was treated – and that I always just found really irritating on a personal moral level that I had a hard time covering in a non-biased fashion. I will definitely miss covering the Buffalo Bills, which is funny that you said that, but I didn't have them the last year. Um, and the New York Jets, because I'll tell you, I miss Sexy Rexy in yeah. my speech every um, week. And I miss him on those teams. I miss covering those teams. And I miss their defenses back in the day. And I just miss them all. And I love LaShawn McCoy. Um, and I do, I, I will miss the Jets and the Bills. Um, who I will definitely not miss is the Dolphins. That's for damn oh. straight. Um, Jay Ajayi, Jay Cutler, bad coaching, a.k.a. Lamar Miller when he was there, what, how they used him. Julius Thomas, that Mr. Cameron Jordan, Jordan Cameron fool that started the names getting mixed up for all my tight ends I disrespected. And, of course, Ryan Tannehill. There's so many of them I'll just never forget. I just don't ever want to see Teal. 
with Dolphin again. Just never. No. And then they shipped really away their like best the player. Yeah, because that's oh, of course because that makes sense. Of course, because yeah. That's right. Well, you notice he wasn't on the list. <laughs> no, he wasn't. That's why I was. That's why I didn't so, even. I didn't even yeah. say his name. I just said their best nope. player. We all knew. We didn't need nope. to use his name. Nope. nope. He's on the list of people I hate because yeah, he's one person. And now he's not even there. So yep, it's really bad. Really bad. All right, you guys, we've made lots of interesting, bold calls over the years. My memory is not so great. I have to write down every little thing my kid does or I won't remember that they did it. So I went back to just last year. So I'll start off with this one. What was my favorite bold call over the years? And I will say last year I said, stay away from Armari Cooper and snag Robbie Anderson with one of your last picks last year. And sure enough, Robbie Anderson finished 16th in standard leagues while Amari Cooper finished 31st. And we all know the value that you had to draft Mr. Amari Cooper last year. So yeah. um, that was one of my good aha moments. You know, you hate saying don't draft one of those stunts and then they become a top 10 wide receiver that year. And you're like, oh, I shouldn't have told you to skip over him. Thank mm -hmm. God Amari Cooper worked out and I was right about that one. I like it. What about you, Miss Ashley? I think my favorite <laughs> was, I think it was our first year. Um, and I said, do not play Peyton Manning this week. And literally both of you were like, Ashley, we want people to think our show's legitimate. You can't say things like don't play Peyton Manning. And I was like, guys, he's going to have a really bad week. And he scored three points. And I remember the next week, it was like, I can't believe your bold call came out. Because I was just like, don't do it. Don't play Peyton Manning. Uh, and you should, hopefully you didn't because I remember that that was like terrible a, that week. That was like a really long show that week because I think we had like a 15 minute discussion about that. Yeah. And yes. yes. Uh -huh. you're, you're right. right. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Thank goodness. Because there's nothing worse than when you make a bold prediction or come Sunday and you help people set their lineups and then a player doesn't do well. And you're just like, oh, no, you know, that's supposed yeah. to do well you just feel so bad. Like I almost would always feel like worse when I told someone to start someone and they didn't do well, that even my own team, if it wasn't doing something, I just felt so bad about it. I know. What about for you, Brandon? I think, uh, I think last year, my preseason obsession with the Rams. Yeah. yeah. Say Cooper cup. Um, yeah. And my obsession with Sean McVay in general. So yeah. like I drafted a lot of Todd Gurley, um, Cooper Cup, I thought was going to be the rookie of the year. Um, I also said I like Juju Smith-Schuster, and he ended up being good, which was kind of weird because everyone remember thought Martavis Bryant was going to be like the next coming. And I was like, I actually like Juju better, and you can get him for free. But they ended up being the number one and number two wideouts uh, of the year. Um, and then also, you know, uh, the week where I I, um, I said on our radio show, and I said it on the Fantasy uh, Pros podcast too, because I was a guest there. When they announced that Tyrod Taylor was going to get benched for Nathan Peterman, I was like, I tell you right now, Tyrod Taylor is going to score more fantasy points than Nathan Peterman this week. And he did. Yeah. <laughs> so poor Nathan Peterman, who, by the way, for those of you that uh, are paying attention to the news right now, may actually be the starting quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. Because guess what? A.J. McCarron hasn't played football in a long time, and it wasn't worth it. And Josh Allen yes. still isn't good. Way to yes. go, Bills. Bills. So Tyrod Taylor, he was your problem. Gosh. Bill in it. 
You gotta bring Sexy Rexy back. All right, we have been playing fantasy football for over a decade now together, not alone apart. Um, who has been your favorite player to not only draft, but to cover fantasy football? And who has been your least favorite player to cover? Brandon, you start this one out. Mm. I see that one of you picked probably my very favorite, so I won't say it. But, um, man, I I thought it was really fun when we got to interview Richard Matthews, which I'm not going to say he's like my favorite player that we've ever covered, but that was a really fun interview and probably one of the highlights of doing her fantasy football. He's a really nice guy. He was like laughing and having a good time. And uh, he also was kind of the fantasy football savior, like MVP in my opinion, because you could pick him off off waivers that year. And um, and that was two years ago. It was really, really fun to be able to do that. So um, so I guess I'll like, name that as my favorite because it was my favorite moment. Least favorite, ironically, is also in the news. I would say any player that has off the field issues that are really creepy, but Jameis Winston is definitely at the top of the list. And now after saying for a year, over a year, that this woman that drove an Uber was lying about what he did. He now has admitted he did it, apologized kinda, and then said, but I gave up drinking, so it's good. He's suspended for the first three games of the season. Uh, this is not his first time at the rodeo. And actually, if you do check the PR statement, the National Football League said that if he has another infraction of a similar ilk, he could be banned from the NFL. So if you are playing in Dynasty, like Courtney's going to be, uh, that should hit his value because can you imagine him not making bad decisions like on yeah. or off the field? I mean, I was surprised he went as long as he did. You know, yeah. like I thought for sure first year out of college, it was gonna be a complete disaster for him. And he did well, like he was able to like not make the news. That doesn't mean he actually did well. Things could have happened without us knowing, obviously, most likely it did. But I felt like he was on a good streak and then all of a sudden, yeah, nope, mm -mm. Mm -mm. nope, nope, you can't change a person. Can't change a person. True colors yeah. shining <laughs> through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will say on the show. Yeah, we do, it was. We should have had a her fantasy football soundtrack as her. Oof. Farewell. Something no one would want to buy. <laughs> no one. <laughs> <laughs> Something on repeat on our on our uh, webpage. Um, I will say as women, we tried to be, stay away from as much controversial things as we could that involved women because we didn't want to be, um, say we're talking too much off the script, but I will say on piggybacking off Brandon, Ray Lewis or Ray Rice moment uh, definitely was not a great moment for us to have to cover fantasy sports um, as well. So yeah, Debbie Downer's right there. All right, Ashley, who's your favorite player to draft? Let's start there and then you can get into your least favorite. I think it's a tough call between Larry Fitzgerald who mm. is just a stand-up player as well as mm -hmm. a stand-up human being and generally always a value pickup uh, because people, you know, just always view him as old. Uh, and so he always falls a little bit lower than probably he should. So you get some good value out of him, which I like him. And on the old train, that also goes for Drew Brees, who as odd as it sounds, was also a value pickup for the production that you would get year in and year out for him. Um, he would seem to always fall a little bit lower than you would imagine that he would fall I and mean, he was still picked high obviously but a little bit lower than one would expect um Bree always had some interesting home away splits so it, it allowed me to pick up other quarterbacks to play to rotate in I've always been a fan of a two quarterback strategy so I really enjoyed that in terms of players 
least favorite player. That's tough because I didn't cover Andrew Luck, but I found that whole situation so incredibly infuriating that I'm surprised Brandon didn't mention it just because I felt like there was just so much like lies of at the beginning of the season kind of from the organization about the status of him. And I feel like it still isn't resolved right now. So that's frustrating. Um, and then and what do you mean? He's throwing a Nerf ball. I mean, come on. You feel great about that. Come I mean, on. it's not a real football, but it, you know, it looks like one. It's just so frustrating. And, and <laughs> all those right. lines, I guess, to some extent, I would also say Ezekiel Elliott last year was incredibly frustrating because every single week you don't know whether he's going to be suspended or not. You're like, I don't know. This is the. I felt like I spent half the season just basically reading off um, comments from judges and lawyers as to what was going on to be like, nope, he's not going to play this week or it's your risk to play him. So that was really frustrating because I just want to be able to tell you based on football whether you should play someone or not. So, and also the Cincinnati running backs, also frustrating to try to cover that as a unit. Yes, Ashley. Um, I actually brought up somebody who I did not enjoy covering and I kind of forgot about him. Alshon Jeffrey, circa 2016. I was not into covering that. I was like, ooh, ooh, just not my jam. Um, And... And hide, in fact, you know, like injury guys. I just is like I don't understand how their value goes so high, you know, that moment after the injury or after the third injury, and you're just like you're still drafting them that high. It just that always seemed to to bother me. I would say also the Washington Redskins in general. Um, Crowder was extremely frustrating this year. You drafted him kind of early. You held on to him. You know, you're like, ooh, this is going to be the week. And then you're like, screw him. You've screwed me over for how many weeks? I'm dropping you, trading you away. And then boom, he's decent. Uh Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, it's bad coaching again. It's just, you know, it's like just, oh, just no consistency. I can't do that. I will say my favorite player to draft and to cover. Definitely. I have the Detroit Lions and mini moons. Um, and I will say Megatron is my number one player, I think, in the NFL um, that I love. You know, I always have David Robinson in the NBA and and Megatron has got to be my NFL guy that I will always miss. First year, I still, I'm pretty sure he's still like, <laughs> like we had Megatron still ranked in our first ranking mm-hmm. or something. Like we're just like, we can't let go. Just we don't want to let go. It's not true. Yeah, it's just true. hoping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's going to return. It's going to be a Marshawn Lynch moment here. Nope, never, never happened. All right, since we won't be guiding you through the season this year, we will briefly touch on the 2018 season. Again, we will still be around. Brandon's still on Fantasy Alarm. Ashley and I still have our Twitter for now. Um, So we'll still be there. We'll still be doing Scott Fishbowl. And um, Ashley and I do a league with Brad Evans. Of course, we will do our family league. Who knows? We might talk about that as well. Um, But as far as this year on this show, our farewell show, Let's give out what strategy are you going to roll with this season? Brandon, you first. Well, I think um, obviously running backs are going to go really, really fast. A lot of them. And uh, I will want to partake in that in one way or another. However, I kind of like being towards the end of the drafts because that's where you can get like a uh, go back to back with like a, you know, Melvin Gordon, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, that area, and get two of them 
you know, pretty solid guys right there at the end. At the beginning, you're going to get one of the top five for sure, right? You're going to get, you know, David Johnson, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara, and then probably Saquon Barkley goes sixth. But then on the way back, the running backs are a little bit dicier, and then you're in this, like, jerk McKinnon land that's a little dicey to me. So I kind of like being towards the end where you can kind of go bam, bam, and then, you know, relax and then wait a little bit and get the Duke Johnsons of the world later. So, um, so yeah, I think I kind of like that this year. All right. What about you, Ash? Well, I agree. I mean, all of us know us as a whole, we're running back heavy at the beginning. All three of us are that way. So I agree with that. Uh, but I will roll the two quarterback strategy every year and this year will be no different. Uh, I aim for the middle guys and grab two of them back to back or nearly back to back that, or you get Blake Bortles as your second quarterback at the very end of the draft as he doesn't get the respect that his fantasy production over the years has deserved. You can, no one else is going to draft you and get him at the very end. And he always finishes top 15, my friends. And he's perfect guy that could fill in for some games. So the dying question is Ashley, are we going to see any Jimmy Garoppolo on any of your, rosters i think we can all assume that's a resounding no <laughs> i will be that's so weird <laughs> why? I, just, I just you know why no i don't buy into the jimmy garoppolo hype everyone else does it's partially also because i don't believe i into the niners hype at all either i think they're just such a mismanaged organization um i really struggle with them as a whole I'm not saying hate forever. He could turn out to be a Russell Wilson that like three, four years from now, I soften slightly my stance on him. But as of right now, it is highly unlikely you will see Jimmy Garoppolo on my team. All right. All right. Well, I figured as much. Yeah. I figured. Yeah, I think that uh, I just draft completely different depending on where I am in the draft order. I just, that's how I kind of go. Um, I kind of invested in Rob Gronkowski this last year. Um and I don't, I don't regret that mostly, but um, I think I'm going to try something different um, and uh, definitely will not be snoozing on the running backs. There's a lot of great wide receivers out there. And we saw, um, unfortunately, take away the David Johnson owners. We saw that if you didn't get one of the top guys that, you know, that did affect your league going forward. So I will say, yeah, definitely going to get a running back as soon as possible. All right. Any specific players you really want this year, this year, 2018, who's going to be the, the moneymaker for your fantasy team? Ashley, you first. I did not have enough Todd Gurley in my life last year. Mm, not even. I think, that's true. I think I only had him in one league. I want to say, mm. which naturally I won that league that right. I had Todd Gurley in because basically everyone who had Todd Gurley or Greg Zerline won their league last year. Uh, right. <laughs> So I did not have enough of him. So I will Legatron. We forgot about Legatron. Yeah, so I will definitely be uh, for him for sure. I also didn't have enough Antonio Brown in my life. This was the first year that I had not had Antonio Brown in a single league. I've never had that before. Never. I think I basically had the same draft position in almost every single league I had last year. And, not, and never I, got couldn't, I couldn't get him. But based on my position, he was gone. Uh, same with Gurley in most of the leagues. So I was just like... I didn't have him, and that was that made me really sad. So he's also on my list. Um, but again, it all comes down to draft position as to who you possibly can get and who you're going to aim for, depending on where you are in your draft order. All right, Brandon, what about you? 
You know, I think this year I'm going to try to do, like I said at the end of the draft, the bam, bam with the running backs. Or I'm going to take one of the big guys at the beginning and then do bam, bam, wide receivers on the turn back. And then coming back in the fourth round, I'm definitely going to grab one of these uh, rookie running backs. I like a lot of them. I like Ronald Jones. I like Royce Freeman. I like Rashad Penny. I'm down with any of them in the fourth round. If they if they get too much higher than that, then I'm I'm sad. But I, I think you can probably get them there. And um, so I I think that they're going. One of those guys is going to break out and be like the guy. Um, they're all in good landing spots. In fact, I I like all of them. Uh, better than every single wide receiver that got drafted this year. Uh, the only possible exception, and by the way, he says prove is Michael Gallup in Dallas, just because I'm sorry. Alan Hearns has never been a wide receiver one, ever. No. Because he always had Alan Robinson there. He's not so meant to be a wide receiver one. Yeah, in 2018, he's going to be this number one wide receiver in Dallas and like blow it up, even though he hasn't got over 500 yards or scored more than three touchdowns in both of the last two seasons. I don't understand. What? Anyway. Boss. Mm, well, yeah, obviously then the I would love Antonio Brown. Ashley totally agree. Julio Jones is kind of my boyfriend. I'm into that as always. Bronco this. I stayed away from Broncos last year. I was like, heck to the no. I don't want to see you on any of my rosters. Kind of feeling Emmanuel Sanders this Me year too. with a little mm -hmm. case Keenum. I think that this yep. might be good combo. The guy, um, yeah. So I I like both of them. I like Demarius more this year as well than I have the previous year. But um, I think a Sanders is the kind of guy you should keep your eye on. And I like Kirk Cousins and everything in Minneapolis right now. Just all of them as a whole, running back, wide receivers. I just I think I could I can get behind that. So. Um, yeah. All right, ladies. Best. Who's going to be the best rookie of 2018? Brandon just listed some of the running backs. You can only pick one. Who's it going to be? Who is it going to be? Uh, I think the best rookie of the 2018 season uh, is going to be Saquon Barkley. But uh, I think there's a possibility that if he gets to start, Lamar Jackson. Yep. Yep. Might come out here and make some noise. He is the only rookie uh, quarterback that actually led a full day um, so far this season. And let me tell you, Baltimore has to make some decisions because unlike, like for instance, Sam Bradford and Josh Rosen in Arizona, they're kind of the same type of quarterback, so they can use the same playbook. Like, no one's going to be like, oh, whoa, what a totally different vibe. Nah, they're pretty much the same kind of pocket passer kind of guy. Um, Lamar Jackson and Joe Flacco have nothing in common whatsoever nothing. other than the fact that they're called quarterbacks. So they have to have a playbook for Lamar Jackson if they're going to use him appropriately, and they can't do that if they're making a playbook for Joe Flacco. So uh, I think this is intriguing. could be very interesting. All right, Ashley, what about you? I mean, I think it's Saquon Barkley. Again, I think it's pretty rare. Actually, we all agree on who it's going to be. Um, but I, I just don't. I don't think it's really – I shouldn't say it's not up for debate, but he's just the most prepared. And he's in the best position in an organization to get the most touches and the most looks to really have a good chance of it. Um, so I'm going to say him, unless Eli does something crazy and try to win games with his arm when he finally has a worthy running back to lean on to open up options. You never know with the Giants. You know, you never know. Also, I'd say Bradley Chubb is also going to make a huge impact this year on the defensive side of the ball, but he's not as fantasy relevant, so I can't mention him. But I do think he's going to bring a huge presence to that Denver D. 
But in terms of fantasy, I think it's Saquon Barkley. Yep, I think that we're all going to go with a safe bet here. I also like DJ Moore in Carolina, although I have always been sketchy about wide receivers in Carolina because they don't need them. I think they've proven that over the years, that they don't need those things called wide receivers. It's weird. But I feel like he's a talented guy. All right, guys, final one. Give me your 2018 bull prediction. Ashley, you're first. What is it? I don't think it would be appropriate for me to leave this show without me saying something completely outlandish about Alex Smith or Blake Bortles because the last five years I've defended these two men, sometimes to a fault. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and say Alex Smith has a better year than Kirk Cousins, Courtney. The Vikings. <gasps> yep. Yep. I'm going to say it. Uh, and Blake Bortles ends up a top 12 quarterback. Although I'm not so sure that's bold. I'm not sure he's bold, but you know what? Top 12. He's usually he's top 15 always, but I'm going to say top 12. Possibly Ale creeping his Alex way to top Smith 10. Smith is going to finish as the starting quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. That itself is a bold Alex, statement. we mean the, the, the uh, Redskins. No, the Redskins, yeah. Oh, yeah, duh. Hello. Hello. Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> Ashley. Alex Smith, as a Redskin, seems like double trouble to me. I don't know. I, I I can't I, I can't not I can't not mention him. I just can't. It doesn't, it doesn't seem right. It just doesn't feel right in my mm. soul to not make a comment about Alex Smith. I agree. I agree. I mean, it's been since day one of her fantasy yeah. football. Have we been talking about Alex Smith, including yeah. fights with your husband? So absolutely, absolutely. All right, Brandon. What is your bold prediction? Well, um, I'm gonna do something Homer. I think the Denver Broncos will make the playoffs this year, and I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness, Brandon. Love it. Okay. It makes my bull prediction not as crazy. I love it. I love it. Why not? I mean, I that Case Keenum almost went to the Super Bowl this year. I know. I just – True. And I think Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas are really good wide receivers. Uh, I really like Royce Freeman over there. Uh, I don't know what the tight end situation is going to look like. That seems a little dicey still, but that's okay. Who cares? It's tight end. No one cares about tight ends. Uh, mm -hmm. And our defense is awesome. Bradley Chubb, as you said, is going to possibly be rookie of the year, really, you know, if you take out the Saquon Barkley factor. So, uh, yeah, we lost. You know, the corners are a little bit troubling, but, you know, Chris Harris Jr. is still the number one slot corner in the National Football League. I, I think we have some pieces. And I'm we just have saying, pieces. I'm concerned they're not going to use running backs properly still. I think that's a valid concern. It's a valid concern. But I yeah, I like I your optimism as a homer. I like it. I decided to homer out. Good I don't do it very often. So I did it today. Good for you. Good for you. I just told somebody today, I don't think the Broncos are going to make it to the playoffs this year. But I like you. <laughs> I like that a lot better. I do. I feel like we have division this year but we'll see um well i thought my bold prediction was crazy saying the cleveland browns are going to win more games than they lose this year um i thought that was really positive i almost was said i was going to say that they were going to go to the playoffs so i thought that would be like sound way too crazy way but too after positive. your guys's i mean maybe if the broncos are winning the super bowl in 2018 then i might get behind the browns going to the playoffs this year but I'm going to stick with just winning more games than they lose. 
because maybe I feel like that's more appropriate. Maybe they'll go. They'll just have to fire Hugh Jackson first. Maybe. It's a problem child with the Browns. The problem <laughs> child of the Browns. Which is really bad. Like, if you're the problem child of the Browns. Yeah. You're in and you're out. It's really, yeah. really upsetting. The coach. Yeah. It's not, it's not good. Not good. All right, you guys. That is it for us. Our little farewell show. Thank you so much to all of our listeners. I wish we could call each one of you out um, individually for for a lot of you that have been supporting us for almost since the beginning um, and stuck with us through so much and followed us over at SiriusXM for a few years and hit us up on Twitter and did all this great interaction with us. We will miss you guys so, so much. We started out doing this because we wanted to do it with each other. And I'd say by the end, we were really doing it for all of you guys. So thanks again. We love you. Um, and good luck in 2018. No more next time. Bye. Bye.